RadioInfluence.com. I think there's an old line, and some of these I get wrong. Good things come to those that wait. Well, it's not only waiting, you got to put in a lot of hard work. I am in our new home. I am sitting out on the lanai. I'm looking out at beautiful trees and woods uh, on this side. Only one neighbor over here. We're finally, we're finally, we closed. There's nothing in here. I'm sitting here in an empty house. I'm actually out on the lanai. I was doing it inside. And it was so hollow because when you just get, you know, and everything is empty, it just, uh, it sounds a little hollow. But anyway, 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 this is a great podcast because I'm honored. I'm honored. I got stories for you at the end. If you're new to the Rock Stops Here podcast, I interview those that have made it to the top. And what about even after the top? How did they get to the top? You know, it's about life. It's not X's and O's. Uh, So I try to stay away from that. I got a couple of other things that I can get into X's and O's, but not right here. This is about people and success and how'd you do it. My guest today, I have been covering and been around a long time. I was there when he, out of St. Pete, Florida, goes to Tulane. He's a quarterback for Tulane University, and I believe they're coming up on their 25th anniversary. They went 12-0, 12-0, Tulane football, green wave. Then he gets drafted in the second round by his hometown team, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He grew up in St. Pete. He's a St. Pete kid, and he gets drafted by his favorite team. He was a huge Buccaneer fan, still is to this day. And he's the quarterback on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and they're in the NFC, the championship game. They're in the greatest show on turf in St. Louis uh, against the Rams. I was there, a snowy night outside that dome. It was the Bert Emanuel catch, not catch, you know, that famous play. Sean King, nice career as a quarterback, very good quarterback coach. A lot of people don't seem to remember. He had a shot. He was with USF, again, the hometown university. I I, I think he could have been used even better. He's a quarterback whisperer. When he breaks down, now he's an analyst, all right, and he is at VEASAN. It's worldwide. It's out of Vegas. It's worked out for him. He moved his family out there. He's very good at what he does. It's a sports betting network that is huge. Big sponsorship, big opportunity for him. He, he he worked his way up in broadcasting, and, and I got to get him on the Rock Stops Here podcast. And it was great. I got stories even on the back end after that. And then, of course, being here at the new house and how everything sh- shook out, shakes out, whatever. But it, let me introduce. You're here for Sean King, not me. So let me welcome in the QB Whisperer, VEASAN, co-host, primetime, 6 to 9, Eastern Standard Time. He's there. He's their quarterback, man. Here he is, my man, Sean King. All right, it is Sean King. Sean King, the pride of St. Pete, Tulane, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Not only a player, went to the NFC Championship as the quarterback, also a longtime Buccaneer fan, and now doing a tremendous job living and working 
in Las Vegas. Congratulations on everything, Sean. Hey, thank you so much. You know, it's interesting, you know, as a professional athlete, when your career comes to an end, you never know what's next. And, you know, uh, I got into this profession and I met some good people. And I got to say that two decades later, Rock, you're still one of them, man. It's so good to see you. You know, there's so many characters in, in this media business and, you know, to just have met somebody solid, consistent like you, man, it's really good to see you. Thank you, Sean. I appreciate that. That's nice. I Correct me if I'm wrong. Weren't you interested in politics at one time and maybe we're possibly going to go in that direction? Well, I was and then I realized I can do more by not being in politics than I can in politics because... Uh, I don't have to acquiesce to the funding that got me in office. You know, I don't have to appease the side or party that I represent in order so that I can secure their vote. Uh, you can just organically do good. You can help. You know, you can have the right message and actually put action behind your words throughout the process. So. You know, shout out to everybody that's a politician. I know they're fighting a good fight, man. But, you know, at some point, you know, <laughs> you, you have to make a turn that you really don't want to make. But, you know, sustainability in that business is difficult. Now, you grew up in St. Pete. From where you grew up to where you are now on a big stage and had a career in the NFL and all that. Did you visualize this much success when you, when, when, when you were younger? Well, the naive part of me did, of course, because I always said I was going to play for the Bucks. I was going to be the starting quarterback there. That's just, you can ask anybody. That was my vision, my dream. Um, a bunch of other kids probably had the same dream. You know, I just, you know, I've been so blessed. You know, I've had God's favor all my life. You know, I had great parents, great support system. I worked my butt off. And it manifests itself, you know, the way that it did. And uh, I like to think that, you know, I've been somebody, you know, when you look now at all the athletes that have come out of St. Pete, Pinellas County, you know, that are younger than me, you know, I like to think that, you know, my success, you know, encouraged them, you know, to keep, you know, rowing in the right direction. So, man, it's been a blessing, Rock. And hopefully I'm not even halfway home. You know, hopefully I got a whole nother 45 left, right? <laughs> I know you do. Oh, you do. You're just getting started, right. man. You're getting started. Is it still kind of cool when you may see a highlight or it comes up, maybe like the NFC Championship or maybe something you did in Tulane? Is that still a little, still kind of a thrill? Yeah, it's a big thrill because, I mean, we didn't exist in this environment where the world was so small. I mean, when I got to the Bucks, the United States was a big place. Like, we didn't have social media and, you know, internet and access, you know, just so you can get on your phone and, you know, find out what's going on in Chicago and L.A. Like, so the exposure wasn't the same. So now to, like, know that I haven't been forgotten, that the things that we, the Bucks, did during that time period haven't been forgotten, I mean, that's really cool. That's really dope. Like, uh... My, my college, they beat USC this year in the Cotton Bowl. And, you know, it kind of rekindled the success that our undefeated team had in 98. So, I mean, that's awesome, man. You know, uh, you never want to be forgotten. So, you know, uh, seeing youngest quarterback ever, I didn't even know I was the youngest of the five. Saw that you know, stat, to, to man, get to recently. The championship game with his team. So, I mean, all that stuff is cool, man. That's awesome. Now, you got into broadcasting and... You've been around, you've been at big, big networks. 
Was there a plan or were you just going along kind of with the flow? Well, I got to be honest, Jay Crawford and Sage Steele are the reason that I got into broadcasting. Really? Yeah, they both covered the Bucks back then uh, for, I think it was a local NBC and ABC. It was the ABC station. Yeah. They were there together. And Scott Hansen, who was on the NFL Network, was there at this too. But those two, yes. Yeah, and they, because um, back then, television wasn't popular. Athletes weren't gravitating to TV, and they were like, you know, we think you'd be really cool at it. And uh, Jay was doing a show called Cold Pizza at the time. It was filmed out in the New Yorker Hotel in New York, and uh, he was like, you want to come on? And I came on, and it was Skip Bayless, but it was Woody Page at the time. It was Jay Crawford, and it was, uh, I'm drawing a blank on the young lady's name. She, she's not there anymore. I'm oh, sorry. I, I think I know who he is. She's dark hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I can't think, but I, I, know who, I know who you mean. Yeah, I apologize if she ever hears this. <laughs> she was the sweetest, too. And uh, that kind of catapulted into me. Like, the people in the industry were like, okay, yeah, we like what we're hearing. So then I went into broadcasting. And, you know, everything was going great. And then I get a call from Willie Taggart. I'm working for uh, Yahoo NBC. And I get a, t- a call from Willie Taggart, and he was like, uh, I got a young player named Quentin Flowers. Will you please come and help me develop him? And that decision, gift and curse. The gift was I helped Quentin Flowers develop into Conference Player of the Year. I helped Marcus Valdez-Scantlin and Dearness Johnson and Marlon Mack. And, I mean, the team was loaded with a bunch of great players, and I helped a lot of them develop, you know, on and off the field, and now they're successful. And I always, always love that portion of it. The curse was there's no loyalty in coaching. And, you know, I gave a lot to the University of South Florida, and, you know, then all of a sudden you don't have a job, even though you've done a great job you know Jeff Scott comes in doesn't keep me you know so now I'm in this but damn I could have stayed in broadcasting and been on my third contract you know so this is a gift and a curse that profession you know so I saw both sides of it um hindsight I would have loved to just coach Quentin on this facade and stayed in broadcasting well now I'm back and uh guy's so good man Brent Musburger uh and, and his nephew Brian on a company called Vison. And so now I have a show from three to six. We just got bought by DraftKings. So, I mean, everything's looking up. Huge. Yeah, so. Huge. How, how did that come about? How did that come about? Actually, because you were probably in limbo. Yeah. And you got to move to Vegas that, with a family. That's a big decision. Yeah. So a guy named Ron Flatter was working at VEASAN. This was during the uh, COVID. Okay. And um, I'm big in the horse race and always have been. And the Kentucky Derby was coming up. And he was like, you know, do you want to come on the show? And I was like, absolutely. So I came on, did a little hit, didn't think much of it. A couple months later, me and the family are on vacation in Vegas, and I had posted it on Twitter, and he was like, you know, why don't you come in studio? I didn't even know that they had a studio. I didn't know if I was doing a radio show or what the first time. And uh, I went in, and, you know, the rest is history. Wow. Yeah. And it's only going to get bigger. I mean, with the amount of money and the and, and your oh, that that sponsorship. Oh my God! Oh my God! Tell me just two more. What is the biggest difference between Pinellas County or St. Pete or Tampa Bay, and now living in Vegas? Living in Vegas. The weather in Florida is much better. Like Vegas really has two seasons: super hot, super cold. So they don't really have like, you know, those five and a half, six months that Florida gives you that are just beautiful. So to me, that's the biggest difference. 
And is your family okay with it? Uh, oh, this yeah. change and yeah. everything, Sean? Because yeah, they, they, they're very supportive and they. Uh, yeah, they're super supportive. I met my wife in Vegas. She was uh, working for Randall Cunningham at his church. Oh, yeah, know. so that's where we attend, and you know they love it. The kids love it. I mean, it's easy living. A whole bunch of sixty-degree days in Vegas now, yeah, 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 but. Uh, yeah. It gets cold. It's still cold. Right, right, right. Yeah, I, was, I got off the plane in Phoenix and was like, man, this weather is beautiful. <laughs> all right, here's how I end all my this, this podcast advice. I know you probably get this a lot from aspiring broadcasters and probably aspiring players. I don't know if it would differ. You've made it on both fronts. What would the best piece of advice you can give to a young person, Sean? Uh, be true to yourself. You know, when you have a, a choice about what you want to do with the rest of your life, choose something that you enjoy doing and then go all out. You know, the worst thing is to, you know, be in something that you're not happy. You know, no matter how much money you make, you know, there's always going to be this sense of unfulfilledness that, that you have. So find something that you love, map out a plan on how to, you know, monetize it and, and then put everything you have into it. Continued success, the great Sean King. Thank you, Rock. Appreciate it. I appreciate that, Sean. I appreciate those kind words at the beginning. You the man. You're doing great. Looks like you are in a really, really, really good situation. And that's nice because when you have family and he's a good father and husband and when you got the kids, you move your entire family. You move from Tampa Bay and where everybody is familiar that's where you grew up. You're a native to Las Vegas. That's quite a change. And you you got to hope, man, that because the broadcasting field is very, very, it's shaky. It's up and down. You never know. You can have cutbacks, this and that. But where he is, he's been, he's on a network that's like, you know, the cutting edge and getting that big sponsorship money. And, you know, betting is only going to get bigger, 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 bigger in this country. And he's got his analyst job, his breakdown, his knowledge. He's a big hoop fan as well. I remember I saw him covering, uh, I forget what what it was. It might have been at the USF Sundome. It was one of those celebrity games. And he's got game. He's got game. He used to be able to play some hoop too. Uh, but I just, I it's so interesting. It's so funny because I've been doing this a long time in the Tampa Bay area, as Sean even noted. And when he got drafted, he wasn't even on the Bucks yet. Like, you get drafted, but I don't even think he got his first paycheck yet. And we used to have a limo service. We we sent out. That's, that's, when I was at Bay News 9, This it's a regional 24-hour news, weather, and sports. We used to do a lot of sports. And I had a live show every night. Call-in show with no delay system. I can say that now. And then we would bring in guests. And we, it was worth it having a deal with a local uh, limo company. And to be able to pick up guests in a limo and bring them to the station and back. It was just, it wasn't bringing you out for the whole night, although I got stories on that. Uh, and it worked out great. I mean, some barter, but also pay, it was, it was great. And if I say, hey, can you come on my show? I'll have a limo pick you up. What's your address? 
and it would just be like a, an hour drive or half hour and then another half hour back to wherever they were from just to be able to get picked up in a limo it was great we had it for 14 years and so i remember giving the address to the limo company i would set it up every every show call the limo company with the address phone number what time to be picked up to and from our station and back and i remember uh the limo driver calling me on the phone and I was like, okay, it's an NFL quarterback. He's a rookie, Sean King. Here's his address. And usually when you're going for, you're going to pro athletes' homes, they're, they're you know, they're, 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 they're money men. You know, they're making NFL, MLB wages, NHL, you know. And I remember him calling me, he goes, is this the right address? Like, no, it wasn't like it was bad, but it was, Sean King's parents house like he was where he where I'm assuming that's the same house that he grew up in and I'm like no that's it he's like okay Sean came out again Sean hadn't been there we had an intern I never even told this story to Sean now Sean was totally single he's coming out of Tulane was he 22 years old he's going to come on the show local kid now a second round draft pick with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and we had a female intern. I don't remember her name. She's nice. It was so long ago. And she was like pretty much the same age as Sean, maybe a year younger. And, you know, she was talking to him like before the show and they were just BSing. And she said, you know what? I want to, I'm going to, we're going to go out and get something to eat after the show oh i said oh that's great that's great and again he was this is way before everything he's a single guy he's no big thing but she actually called me back and said hey he doesn't you know he really doesn't have any money yet and i'm only an intern in college can you pay for our dinner and i was like i can't do that no i mean Look, I like Sean, but oh my God, it was just, it was kind of funny. He probably doesn't even remember it. But I remember in the heyday when Sean King became the starting quarterback, it was Trent Dilfer's job. Dilfer was, and uh, he was fair to Midland at best. Uh, if you want me to be really totally honest, I remember him coming out of Fresno State. I remember he was cocky as hell. And he just, uh, so he went down. Sean King became the starting quarterback. And that year, Sean King had his own radio show. And I believe it was at McDonald's. It was sponsored by McDonald's and they would go to different McDonald's. It was always a local place. uh, There were so many members of that Buccaneer team that had their own radio show. Sap was at Lowe's. Jeff Ryan, who is the producer for the Buccaneer Radio Network. He's more than the producer. He's the chief cook and bottle washer. He runs it all. He's been doing it for so many years. And But at the time, he was at a Tampa radio station, and he was his co-host because he and Sean, he and uh, Sap got along good. But they all had shows, all the starters. And I remember doing a segment for my TV show, going out with Chris Elias, my guy, 
and we shot video of Sean King doing his show. And I got to tell you what, being the local kid and the starting quarterback for the NFL team, I remember packed. You couldn't even get in the door of these McDonald's where Sean King was doing his show. T.J. Reeves, who is now currently and has been for a long time, the Buccaneers sideline guy on the Buccaneer Radio Network, TJ was his co-host and he would lead in and out. I remember that. And I and I just remember going to a McDonald's and going, wow, we couldn't even park with our TV equipment near the place. We shot it. We shot a lot of video. We shot live. I think I might interview Sean maybe afterwards, maybe TJ as well. But I'm just saying, I go back. I go back. I can remember Sean King working out in the offseason season. And we did a nice long thing with him from the Bay News 9 Sports Connection show. And I remember he was working out and it was at, I thought it was either at Innisbrook or it was at one of the other resorts. And there was an AstroTurf field, I believe. And I think Larry Fitzgerald, is that possible? It was uh, it was a wide receiver that was young and in the game. It couldn't could have could have been that Sean Larry Fitzgerald. But anyway, I just remember a lot of time covering him, and then he got on to local. Oh, he did local radio show with a guy Toby, and they were good. He was good. Sean was good, and I'm like, and I also remember he was very very intelligent. I think he I believe he had a high GPA. From what I remember, he was also dabbling in the political uh, spectrum, go, going up to Tallahassee. And I remember, I, I, if I have it right, I think he was actually thinking about going that direction and getting into politics. Or, yeah, he was very, very intelligent. But he was just very, he's good. He's got a good delivery. He knows his football. He knows his sports. And... He was with, uh, in Samford, Connecticut, the NBC sports thing. He was doing that. I, he was at Yahoo. I remember going to the NFL draft in Chicago a couple of years ago, where that's where Jameis Winston and Marcus Mariota, who was going to go where, 1-2, one, 1-2 two, one, two in the NFL draft. I went there for that week, and I remember seeing Sean there. He introduced me to Sean Salisbury, who couldn't have been nicer. And Sean Salisbury, former ESPN, but he's been in Texas, Houston, and I've had actually been on a couple of uh, shows him as a guest. It couldn't be nicer. But I remember Sean King being, I mean, um, he was introducing me to a couple of people, and we were at this big, long table. And, and the NFL draft media room was actually in, a, in an old school like an old school. It was a neat, it was a different kind of a setup. But I'm just saying, I, you know, and then when Sean, and then Sean gets into coaching. He was coaching the running backs, believe it or not, at the University of South Florida. And he was, he's, he just could have been a great quarterbacks coach. And, but coaching, you take a lot of time. He's a family man. He was doing the broadcasting thing. Uh, they've let go of uh, the coach. The coaching staff gets let go. And now Sean King is figuring out, what am I going to do? And he gets the opportunity, man. Here he goes. And he goes to Vegas. And when I talked to him, even off the air real quickly 
uh, before today. He likes it. He likes it. It works out. I said, what's got the better weather? Do we do that in the podcast or, or off the air? And he's like, Tampa, Tampa Bay, because... It, yeah, you got the humidity, but you got six good months of great, great weather here in Vegas. A little different. It gets real cold and then brutally, brutally, brutally hot. But anyway, Sean, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, man. I'm glad you're doing well and you're a star and just continue. Hope it works out great with the family. And I know that St. Pete and Tampa Bay is still always in your heart. I know that. I know that. I know that. So, oh, and one other funny little story. And Sean wouldn't know this if he's still listening by now. Um, so, we have, if you've been following the Rock Stops Here podcast, my wife wanted to move. Let's do it. We'll never get more from our house than we will now. Let's chance it. We did. We rolled the dice. It's been a long struggle of four or five months. We had a lawsuit. We had to get a lawyer. Just, oh my, and that still is just waiting for the final, final, rectify that damn thing. And then the housing situation and houses and going up and outbidding, trying to outbid people and lowering your standards. There's not a lot of inventory and just stressful staying with our in-laws, which we're very, very thankful for. We would have had to been paying a big chunk of money to rent and so, but you know, on both ends, it's a little tight. You want to have your own, your family's, you know, and I'm sure they're going to be glad now we're finally gone, even though they see her mom is like, we loved it. And I've been talking, I get along with my father-in-law. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. We've had long talks and it's been great. It's actually been great. But, um, so now we are here. So in the midst of my little Zoom recorder, with my mics here that I have. And there's a little card that you record on, a very, very, very small little card you put in here. Then after I record, I take it out of here and I put it in my laptop and then boom, I drop it down. I put it on an extra, I, I put it in another place on my laptop just in case I lose, you know, I lose or whatever. And I'm amazed that I haven't lost this tiny little thing, tiny little SD card. Well, there's always a first. I always back my interviews. I put them on a second place just so I don't lose them. After I record, I, I'm out in the field getting these interviews and I come back and I always ingest it and then I drop it into another spot and we're good to go. Well, everything from the Super Bowl, back when I was there in Phoenix, when I did a boatload of interviews, I dropped them in my, my safe place on my laptop. And I just, I guess I forgot Sean King. And so, because I had, I, 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 I had a lot of interviews that I did, good ones. So, I'm staying at my in-law's. It's always, everything is temporary. You know, you just take it out. Sometimes I, I do it in a closet. I've, inter, I've you know, put my laptop out in the dining room desk and then take my stuff when I'm done. My daughter uses that for her homework. You know, when you're just staying temporarily at your in-law's house. And so I would always keep thinking like, you know what? I gotta, I, I didn't, I gotta bring Sean King. I gotta, I gotta move that over. 
and you just get busy. I was covering the Bucks and the Rays and the Lightning and this and that, and just kind of keep, you know, I got to get to that. I got to eventually get to that. Well, guess what? I could not find my SD card. I was like, son of a gun. I know that there's an interview on there, Sean King, back in February that I got a, damn it, where is that SD card? I looked high and dry, and I was heading out to the Trop to do another Rock Stops Here podcast, that's where the race play, and I couldn't be waiting around. I got to get an SD card, so I had an old SD card, and... I put that in and I have just been using that ever since and just thought that the Sean King interview was gone. And it kind of bothered me because I was like, it was good. It was good. And he's one of my, you know, come on, man, it's Sean King. I've covered him since he was a kid and now he's doing good. And, and I wanted to play that for you guys. Damn it. Damn it. Damn it. Damn it. Well, it was gone. It was gone. And just the other day, I was looking in my backpack where I have my equipment. And I looked in that thing up and down, I thought. And sure, there it was. The lost Sean King interview. I found the SD card. Boom. I was actually going to bring you a host on the fan in New York, Geo. I was all set for that. I had my intros set, everything, everything. And I just found that. I say, you know what? I am going to play this damn thing before I lose this SD card. And so there you go. So the Sean King thing, that gave me a little boost. You ever like lose something or something happens that you weren't anticipating? And it might be small, but it's big. And when I found that, after all the stuff we've been going through, it's been a nightmare. I was like, I found the Sean King interview. And meanwhile, my wife, she works at the school. It's coming up the eighth grade uh, grad venture, going to Universal till four in the morning with their 200 kids. Um, the, the chorus theater, the Little Mermaid, being involved in that and staying till 8.30 at night at the school her side jobs, her side hustle, and also trying to help with all the stuff going on with this and that and this and that and moving and setting up. And and she's been stressed out. And so she's got all these stuff, all this stuff going on. And I'm like, hey, I found my SD card with Sean King. <laughs> like she could be, she was, oh, that's great, great. And then on to a thousand other things that she's doing. So it's just so funny. So Sean King, there was a lot of angst and I found you, and I'm glad I did, and I'm glad you came on the airwaves here on the podcast, on the Rock Stops Here podcast. Um, so anyway, we, so yesterday was my mother-in-law and, and my wife and our daughter came over, and it was just kind of cleaning. The people did leave the house in really good shape. And so it wasn't like you got to really do a lot of cleaning, but you're just doing everything. Light switches, baseboards, uh, sinks, uh, you know, I did the bathrooms, you know, clean. I did that. So meanwhile, I'm just hanging over here on the side and I'm like, the girls are cleaning. Addie's doing whatever. She's helping writing down things and then <laughs> back on her phone for her shows. And there's no furniture in here. I've been sleeping the last, 
two nights, three nights. Once we got the house, we closed, we got the keys, I'm here. I'm here. So I'm sleeping on a cover, uh, a, a, a blanket, a, a sheet, and a pillow on the hardwood floor in the bedroom. And you know what? I'm loving it. I'm loving it. So we don't have any furniture yet. All our stuff is in storage. That's going to happen in another week. We were going to get a couple of things done before you move all your stuff in. I do want to paint this lanai, I believe, here I see. I want to make this nice. This is nice, though. It's nicer than I thought. It was worth it. It was worth it. There are woods, right? I'm a woods guy. It stems from when I was a kid. I grew up in a town called Dover, New Jersey. There was no woods in Dover. But right on across the border, Rockaway Township, maybe six, eight blocks from my house, I would ride my bike with my best friend, John Chegwooden, behind his house. We were in the same class, same age. We played sports. And he was his mother was great and his family. And I would go there every day. As soon as school, boom, on my bike. I had to do my paper route, and then I was gone. And I was always at John Chegwood's. And it would just be come home at a certain time for dinner. There was no where were you, where are you going, we wouldn't have to check in. We weren't. We were gone. We were gone. And there was woods. He had woods in his backyard. And having woods as a kid is just mind-blowing. You can make forts. You can do stuff. You can walk through the woods to get to Germania Park in another spot. And one time I fell through a pond in the ice. And, and just, I can go on and on, throwing rocks, doing stuff, uh, hiding. You know, I think one time there was a couple of Playboy magazines, hide them in the woods. You know, the woods, there's something about the woods. To me, I'm not as much beach guy. Sand on the beach, it's, <laughs> I'm a woods guy. And I thought I'd never see woods again. We had woods in our backyard. Emily wanted to sell the house. I said, I'll never see woods again. Every house we looked at, you know, they had never, and I got woods. I got woods. Beyond the woods, you can see right there, there's a horse farm. Only one neighbor to this side. Don't know about her yet. I don't know. That's fine. And when you'll go out our front door, there's a pond. There is a natural, not man, it's a not man-made. A lot of man-made ponds down here. They'll say, waterfront view. You made this thing with a fountain in the middle and it's a, you're kidding. This is a natural little pond. Nice pond. So there's water. My, my, my wife loves water. Get near the water. Near sunset. They want to go down to near the water. See the sunset. Well, the, guess what? The sunset shines right through these trees, right into this yard. I am, so actually, with all the squawking, with all the hassle, with all the, my daughter and Emily and I having to be on the same page to decide liking the house. My daughter didn't like anything except one or two things I didn't really like. It was hard to get on the same page. We're all on the same page with this and to have this. Now, it's a little bit more of a commute for me to go to the Bucks, to the Rays, to the Lightning. There's this road where it backs up around rush hour and you're stuck in it. It's a little bit, but you know what? It is worth it. It is worth it. I, if you ever, I can't believe how it's turned out. And hopefully you get this one last little thing finalized and we'll be in good shape. So when they were all cleaning yesterday and they're doing their thing and I'm here because I got to tackle the outside. The former owners didn't do anything with the outside. There's a lot of stuff overgrown and I got to hit that. And it does get hot during the day now, but we're good in the mornings, evenings. Um, Emily was playing music 
on her phone cleaning and something my daughter would like to and the nanny is just focused in on cleaning and I'm like you know I got the Spotify Addie and I my daughter we have Spotify so that there's uh, subscribe for music so you don't have to um, you don't have to listen to uh, commercials because she was just playing stuff off of her phone with commercials she goes oh great and I looked down looked down looked down uh, she goes just play your stuff and I'm playing like either I don't remember what I was playing it was more rock you know and it wasn't bad nobody was complaining maybe they didn't like it but I went down and then I have 90s hip hop and I don't know if I, did I tell you that story? I think I did on the podcast. A couple of weeks ago, I had left the lightning game. I didn't have to do post game. And we had another guy from the free press there, Tom. So it was like, I'll beat the traffic and I'll start heading back. And it was a tight game. And then it went into overtime. And I'm like, you know what? Addy and Emily were out. I was like, let me... Before I go back to the house, the in-laws, let me just stop right here. There's a, a bar nightclub called the Phoenix Lounge from close to where I was, I'm staying. And I know they have TVs and it was like a Friday or a Saturday night. And I'm like, let me get one beer in there and stop there. I'll look on the TV. I know it's an overtime game. It's tight. I walk in. Did you ever go into a situation where you had no idea it was going to be like that? No idea. No clue. You know, you go into a craft beer bar, you know what it, the, the vibe's going to be like. You go into a sports bar, you know what the vibe's going to be like. You go into a restaurant of your favorite food, you know what the vibe is going to be like. I walked in there to back 20 years ago in a club scene. I really had not been in the club scene. And the band had the dance floor. It was a um, lot of brothers, sisters, and, and the lead singer says, I, I, we're going 90s. We're going 90s hip-hop. And I'm not kidding you, man. I felt myself moving. Now, I was not going to go on the dance floor by myself as a guy. That looks, that doesn't, but I was, bopping to i was vibing man by myself had a beer see the lightning lose okay and i'm here and all of a sudden i was in i used to go to clubs back in the day all the time all the time on a friday or saturday night when my friend bob wood who has since passed away my man woody we did the wormwood act we would be uh, Cornelius and Elmo. I'm Elmo Wormwood. How y'all doing out there? How y'all doing? I blackened my tooth. We pretended we were the Wormwood Brothers from Ankle Knee, Tennessee, right below Thick Bush. We performed locally. We started at parties. Then we did a couple of local places. We even one time did it on a Sunday night in a rock club. And they were like, there wasn't many people there. And they were like, well, they want to get back to their rock music. Who are these characters? And... But my point was, Woody and I, he had a foosball table in his house in Dover, New Jersey, and he lived there with his mother. This is when we we're about 22 years old. His mother just sat upstairs, had her drink, had her cigarettes, and watched TV. And she would be like, what are you guys doing now? We would go downstairs. On a, This is when I was with my friend Woody, years and years and years and years ago. We would meet 
we would play foosball. He was an incredible foosball player. I was okay, but I wasn't Woody. He would kill me in singles, but then when we would go out and you go to bars or stuff, I w we would play doubles, and he would play. He could play the front or the back end, didn't matter. I, you know, so we used to play foosball, and then we would head out. We would start out at the country station, a country bar, and flannel shirt. We would start there. Then we would head up to Governor's in Hopakong, which was a rock club, and we would check that out. We would change. You'd have just like your T-shirt. Woody used to wash his hair, take a shower. He plays foosball. And then if I was driving, he would be in the passenger side. He would stick his head out the window and let it blow dry like that. That was He wanted to have a natural blow-dry look, and he would just stick his head out. I'm going 55 miles an hour. We would get to the country club, a country music club. Then we would go to Governors for Rock Music and the Rock Club. And then we would always end it at the disco club because that's where the hot chicks were. And he would put on like a, uh, a more flowered shirt with the open, the collar and open and maybe put on a, a chain. And it, I'm not, I am not kidding you. And then we would go there. And that's where my friend Ricky Mays Disco, he, he showed us how to do the disco uh, hustle and stuff because the girls love to dance. Girls love to dance. And they were good looking in the club where they played dance music. And then we would end up going to the diner afterwards. There was a diner right at the Ledgewood Circle and we would be there. But my point is, and then after many years and this and that, you go to a club, rock club, music club, club. I hadn't been in that environment in a long time. Now, my friends have had bands. I've seen that. I emceed an all-day event of rock club bands outside solo artists, duos, uh, I've been in the scene where local local clubs that have rock bands. I've still been doing. I still love that. I love live music. I love going out to live music. But to actually walk in to something that was like '90s, it was an older crowd, men and women. Everybody was just as if it was 20 years ago, 30 years ago. I'm not kidding you. And this brother that was the lead singer had sunglasses on and he was great and he took him down he's like i could feel the love i could feel the love and all you women you 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 your ass looks fine i'm not kidding you that's what he was saying and uh, it was hysterical but my point was i got in my car i think i did tell you something on the podcast and i immediately went searched 90s spot 90s hip-hop and boom and i hit that on the short drive back to the in-laws house. I I hit it, liked it. It's in my playlist. And so here when the girls, the ladies were all cleaning yesterday at this new house that we got, I popped on 90s hip hop and my wife just started moving to the, grooving to the music while she was cleaning. Loved it. I'm sitting in a folding chair, one of these $10 folding chairs that you get, like a lawn chair sitting right here in the kitchen. Um, I got the 90s hip-hop blasting. Emily is cleaning. 
Her mom's down cleaning baseboards on our knees. Addie's laying down on my 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 makeshift bed with a cover and two sheets and watching her stuff. And the dog, our little dog, Macy's walking around. And as long as the, the, the her loved ones are around, she's wagging the tail. But she's getting used to a new house and a new little, there is a little dog thing, backyard. We Our dog weighs eight pounds. I can't have her out without a leash here. A hawk will come down and swoop her ass up. So I can't let her really loose, I don't think. There is a ton of trees here, but uh, but anyway, so it was just funny how the 90s hip-hop, <laughs> I love it, diggity diggity, I just I, I just love it, and, and a good time, a good time was had by all, so it's going to be a great journey, and again, please get this other little thing rectified so we can really, really, really move on, move on. Um, one thing, it's not, it's not X's and O's. But if you know, I cover almost daily the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It's the NFL. It's my, I love covering the NFL. It's the highest of the highest, and it's the best of the best. And it's so interesting seeing they had, last week they had the rookies in. And it, for me, what I, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe they're inside their mind they're like everything is going a thousand miles a minute but it really blows me away that these kids were just on a college campus they're 21 22 years old and they're so poised and so confident on the podium in front of us in front of the tv cameras i think they're just so used to being on camera at a young age anymore because it used to be when you would cover a rookie mini camp or rookies, they were just like, now don't get me wrong. Listening to these Buccaneer rookies, they all were, it's surreal. It's amazing. It's great to be out on the field. It really is. It really is. But also they handle every question. Even the one player, he's got the long flowing red hair and he's got a couple of teeth missing in the front. And he's just owning it. He's not getting them fixed. He's keeping that Cody Mock. He went to North, North Dakota, Dakota, North Dakota State, a smaller place. But he went to the alignment. He went to the senior bowl and he held his own against the SEC players, the ACC, the Big Ten, the Big 12, Pac-12, but really the SEC. He was manhandling them, and he was able to play all of the positions, and it wasn't too big for him. But my thing is, when he comes in, the way he handles the interview, the way he handles the questions, here he is as an NFL player now. It was only day two. The day before they had uh, was orientation, and here's their first day. They're on the field with NFL coaches trying to go through the system, and now they're coming and meeting us, talking to us on the big podium, and it's just confident confident relaxed all of them great storytellers again they're kids it i just it it's it really it blows me away same thing with like quarterbacks now they don't have they have a uh, wolford uh wolford he was with the rams he knows canales's system but it's baker mayfield and trask 
I think it's going to be Baker Mayfield to start and Trask. That's my guess. But they say it's an open competition. But that's it. I ask you, they're bringing in a veteran quarterback? Because Jason Light, the general manager, was on a show about two weeks ago and said, we're going to bring in a veteran just to be there. He's been in a room. He's been around things. It's not necessarily going to be to compete for that number one job. We're going to bring him in. And I asked Dave Canales. He said, no, this is it. This is it. So this is it. I, I thought they'd bring in a veteran. I'm surprised. Maybe they still will. But uh, it used to be that you would sit for a good year. as that's, that's gone now. And I think that offenses, systems, maybe for defensive players too, they're getting more of this at a younger age than it used to be. Hell, I am so old. God dang it. Wing T. <laughs> no, was it, was it, no, was it that? Oh, God. Uh, but it's just, it really, really is amazing. And it's kind of neat to see them have their dream realized. And you got to have that much confidence to be where they are, either drafted or signed as an undrafted free agent. It blows me away. Now, I heard one or two of the kids say it doesn't matter now whether you're undrafted, whether the best players will play, whether you're a high draft pick. That is true. Coaching staffs, they want to keep their gig. These gigs are not for long. There's no more Belichicks around that you're going to stay for 20-some years. Maybe with the Pittsburgh Steelers system. They don't blow out their coaches. But it's you don't win, and then you don't win again, you're going to be gone. And so they want to keep their gigs. So they want the best players that they have in the building on the field on Sundays or Mondays or Thursday nights or Friday night, Black Friday night or anything. You're basically going to get NFL games a year pretty much every day. <laughs> There's no games on Wednesday. But anyway, uh, but those days are gone. You got to like you got to produce right away. And it's just it's just neat. It's just neat to see and listen to them and how they got the call. Like Cade Warner, his dad is Kurt Warner. And he's like, it's not only my dad, it's my mom. It's my whole family. You know, they're all real supportive. He doesn't, he's listed as 6'1". He doesn't look 6'1 to me, I'll tell you that. And it's going to be an uphill battle, but he's very polished on camera, on mic. And it's neat. It's neat, it's neat, it's neat. And, there, and the other ones are like, you know, I I have seen it in my lifetime uh, so many times where you will see a kid that is lights out in high school and fizzles out or somebody that was lights out in, on, in college and fizzles out in the NFL. Tim Tebow is a perfect example. Tebow was loved. By so many. There there really is a thing called Tebow mania. I mean, it is a real thing. And I used to be on radio. I was on TV. I was taking live calls about this. And it would just blow me away, the fanaticism that Tim Tebow, the fanatics, Tebow, Tebow fans, I just, unbelievable. If he was that good as an NFL quarterback, he would have been playing. That is the bottom line. But what those kids, oh, what I was getting at, what those kids don't realize, if you are a first-round pick or a second-round pick, 
that rope is going to be longer for you. You're going to get more time to produce than an undrafted free agent or a seventh rounder. It's just how it goes. The GM doesn't want to look bad. The coaching staff, the scouting staff doesn't want to look bad. You're investing more time and money into that player, and so they're going to get more of a shot. But in the end, in the end, if you're balling out in practice and in preseason, you're going to get your shot. You got to make it on special teams, most likely. So anyway, it was just cool. It was neat to be in the building. Uh, I'm looking forward to these next couple of weeks before they break for summer vacation, and then we come back once training camp starts. That's why I want to get everything set up. I want to get my room set up to be a broadcast studio and an office. I half-assed it. I was in a room that was awful hot. You ever get one of those rooms in your house? It's just it's off with the temperature. It's just. And it was right in the front, this and that. I am setting that up. I can't, but I want to get everything situated and settled because we got a busy summer. My wife's got a lot of things planned. Our daughter's not going to go to uh, sleepaway camp in Georgia this year. So we got to keep her busy. Again, it's an only child. I have a son. That's her brother, but he is not here. He doesn't live here. So she's by herself. So we got to keep her active, man, because otherwise... It is just going to be the phone. That's where she gets all of her shows she watches. It's amazing. Kids don't care about watching stuff on a big screen. It's like us. We're bringing over three TVs. My wife's like, I don't want. We'll put one TV in that living room, family room. And then there's the the bracket. The wall mount is still, it's on right now. The hole's cut out for the kid. She's like, we're not going to put a TV there. We don't watch that too much TV. Uh, yeah, but we, okay, that's going to be more like a sitting room. And there's been times where my daughter or friends, like, you can watch it on the big screen. No, they'd rather watch it on their phone. I don't get that. I don't get that. Would you rather watch something on a nice, big, crisp, clear 65 inch or 70 inch or on your phone? <laughs> but again, I refuse to be. Get off my lawn. We used to do things, it was so much better. No, this is 2024. It's funny being at my in-law's house and, and having long talks with my father-in-law. He's really not, I'm much older than my wife, so he's not that much older than me. 12 years old or something like that, but it's just one more generation. And they watch the local news. They watch TV. We, as a family, Emily and I, do not watch local news we don't watch world news tonight we don't watch fox or cnn or that he also likes public tv and some long form interviews discussion that's fine but it's just so funny that the tv is on and i haven't watched local news why how much of that does affect me another school shooting it's depressing Another thing, depression, depression, depressing, depressing. There there was a chef. There was also a podcaster. He he was with Opie and Anthony and then Opie, Greg Opie Hughes. And I loved when Greg Opie Hughes started his podcast, what, two years ago? Three years ago, two years ago. And he had Carl Ruiz on Carl was so interesting, funny, loved his booze, loved his partying, loved his food, just entertaining, good guy. And he ended up getting this, renting this little cabin 
in the woods in like Rockaway Township. It's where not far from where I grew up. Dover, my next town over. And I was dying to try to go to the local tavern that he would go there because I used to follow him. I followed the Opie's podcast and I felt like I knew those guys and I knew them. Like, hopefully you do the same here. You feel like you know me. We're hanging together. I appreciate you. By the way, if you haven't subscribed, hit the subscribe button and also comment. That that will help me. But uh, What's your algorithm? But uh, Carl, I never forget it. And he passed away young, 43, 44, something like that. Boom, arteries were clogged. Boom. Oh, my God, it was shocking to me. But he... Loved going into his bars and he would get his sniper seat, he would call it, on a corner where you can see down the bar. He was single at the time, divorced, so you can look for, you know, looking, he's a good looking chick maybe, uh, but he liked his partying. And he said when he would go into a bar and if news was playing behind the bar, even with the sound down, you got music on, he would give the bartender a 20 to take that off. And I know what he means. Jim Brewer, I was a fan of him as a comedian. He also knew my wife back in the day. And he, years ago, had his podcast. Actually, he had a show on Sirius XM with his friends. And I remember a long time ago, you're talking... 15 years ago, 13, 14 years ago, he was like, we do, we do not watch news. We do not watch it in our house. You take that out of the equation and you'd be surprised how much happier you are. Does it affect you? I, it's just, so now we're, we're less TVs. Listen, I'm, I'm sitting here in the lanai right now and I'm looking at a spot. I got to get me a TV out here because I had it during the football season. It's great. It's great when games are on and you can kind of be outside, but you're covered. We, once our rainy season hits, which is in another month, it rains hard here in Florida and every day. And the rain comes in sideways. So you got to make sure you're not going to get anything wet. And I had the TV up high and it was in on our back patio covered and it never got wet. So I'm, I'm, I'm looking right now as I'm talking to you guys. It's a beautiful day. I'm looking out at these woods here. I am going to fix up this stinking lanai. I cannot stink and wait. So so anyway, that's what's about happening. in. Hope you enjoyed my man, Sean King. We'll see uh, how these next couple of weeks go. It's just busy. We got to get all our stuff out of storage. We're, we got movers coming. We have so much stuff that we're going to also get rid of. So our garage is going to be full and just downsize. The one thing that it made my wife and I realize, all that stuff that you had in your attic or in your garage, maybe a shed, maybe different closets, you don't need it. You don't need it because we have been living out of our suitcase, our backpack, our one drawer, a couple of hangers, everything else is in storage. And I haven't missed anything. Yeah, I miss where like a lot of my clothes are. And some uh, there was a bag that my wife just threw here and I just saw it next to my little makeshift bed this morning when I woke up. Oh, that's where my T-shirts are, you know. 
but you really don't need a lot of stuff. So that's going to be going through that and then try to get rid of that. But anyway, I'm going to enjoy every second of it. My wife, we're very, very fortunate. If you're going through the home pri- uh, buying or selling, good luck. You're going to be able to sell. That's for damn sure. But my brother was telling me in, in Pennsylvania, in Lancaster, same thing. His son and his wife, they've been looking. Houses within 24 hours. They're going for more than they ask. It's just, it blows me, it's, it's blown my mind. I thought the interest rate's up. I thought that would stop. When are people going to stop overspending? When? I went to get gas yesterday and I didn't even notice. I pulled in. I was getting gassed up my wife's car. She's going to drive to Lakeland. And I got gas for her. She had a little leak in one of her tires, put, filled it up. And a guy pulled, he goes, hey, man, you believe it? 312? Where, where's 312? We said, got to stop here. Like, I didn't even notice. I'm here. This pump, air pump works to get air in my wife's tire. I'm going to fill up her tank. I didn't even look. And he's like, we had to stop. We had to stop. I'm like, I know, I know, dude. Oh, yeah, yeah. I know, you believe it? You know, people are, there are, there are some that are watching their pennies, but there are so many that just don't care. And I had a, a, a banking guy explain to me that it's credit cards, man. People are just maxing out and just saying to hell with it. I'll worry about it at another time. And it's just crazy. It's a crazy time. So if you're going through the trying to find a house, oh, my God, man, stay strong. You're going to have arguments with your wife. You're going to. You're going to have you're going to have days where you're like, that's it. I quit. I'm done. I'm not even involved. I'm done. I don't care where we live. You're going to have all that. But sitting here in this beautiful view that I got right now of woods, I don't know why. Am I the only, am I, you like woods? I like woods. <laughs> oh, well. All right, listen. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm really trying to figure out things. I want to have everything set and be balls to the wall. Full go. Is that a term you don't use? And for football season. Once you get ready, once you see the dates, once training camps start, I still, I've been so busy with everything, I haven't figured out whether I'm going to go to Canton. I did get invited to Rondé Barber's party. He's going in. That should be nice. But I also want to cover the Bucks and Jets. Two, three days of workouts in Florham Park, New Jersey. That's my county, Morris County. I want to see the Jets facility. Aaron Rodgers. Jets, 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 Jets. Against the Bucks. They're going to have the joint practices. I'd love to get to that. I'm trying not to spend because we got to spend for a few things on the house. We had to overspend for this house what we thought our budget was going to be. Oh, wow, do we go over. So I'm really trying not to book any, but I want to go. So we'll see. We'll see. But we're very, very fortunate. Fortunate, fortunate. Uh, so hang in there. I'll talk to you next week. Like, subscribe, leave a comment. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Sean King. I'll talk to you next week on The Rock Stops. Yeah.